0: Ladies and gents, uh, little bit of rough riders. Right S H uh, I T, ladies and
1: gents, so happy it's
0: Thursday. Let's do this thing.
1: Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of
2: Business Roast and yeah. apparently Rough Riders too. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: That's just how we do this thing. All right, Ham, it is time for you to drop some heat.
2: I, I don't know. I was trying to do something there, but it didn't work. <laughs> Forget about it. Alright, all you business pros! <laughs> Before we jump into the show, quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it, and if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessreels.biz, scan Schedule your time slot, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today has more than 20 years of experience as a global executive and leader. While building his ultra-successful technology consulting firm, Red Beach Advisors, he found that with multiple clients, projects, and consultants, there was a serious need to manage all that data in a unified location. Since the release of our guest technology simplifying tool, small business clients have been subscribing at a pace much faster than anticipated. And his company is on pace to being one of the highest valued businesses that got started during COVID. Coming from a background of Silicon Valley startups, our guest knows what it takes to launch a project like this and not just get it off the ground, but to really make it soar. Hope you're excited to learn because our guest today is here to bring it. Joining us today from StartingPoint.ai and Red Beach Advisors out of Redondo Beach, California, welcome to the show, Ray McKenzie. <laughs>
0: Woo, Ray. All right. it is time, hey guys hey guys. i th-
3: i think uh, james i think i need to uh bring you on the team for that introduction uh, that was you, great. Got you. you got it you got it
0: dude he he always says it's his one thing but i'll be honest man the way he writes stuff and and that's okay the one thing on the show maybe but i'm trying to push him and prod him to start like starting a blog start doing a little bit of writing start (laughs) doing some of these intros for people like as on a professional level we'll see if we get him there what do you what do you think ray should we push him a little harder definitely push harder i think he should be uh on the stage at some of the biggest
3: conferences in the world doing that i like it oh man Oh, Bruce! Bruce
0: Buffer, watch out now! <laughs> All right, Ray, coming for you. Let's do this thing. All right, I, you know everybody has a reason why they decide to go into something. Maybe a story, something that puts you in a position where now you have a purpose. You've been doing this for twenty years, so tell me, take me back a little bit. What's what's been your purpose? How did you get here?
3: Gosh, I'd say I'm I'm from small town California. Um, first and foremost, um. I always had kind of a passion for technology at a young age. And then eventually I went to college, San Diego State, completed school at San Diego State, and fell back into technology, more kind of what came natural to me. And so then I spent kind of the next 13 years um, in Silicon Valley working for early stage companies and then publicly traded firms between San Francisco, Washington, DC, and anywhere in between because our customers were all over the world. and, and kind of my background was all in technology. And so then it was, I, I was hired by a company in Los Angeles um, to do global strategy and service delivery for them, uh, relocated to Los Angeles. And I, I did that for a period of time. And then I got calls from a couple of CEOs I knew. And they were like, hey, we need help with our companies. Can you help us? And that led me into a path of building my consulting firm, Red Beach Advisors. And so over the course of the past eight years, I started my firm then. Um, It's focused around strategy, operational efficiency, and digital transformation through modernization. And... I was working with companies like Amazon and Microsoft and Hewlett Packard and State Farm, Cargill, and, and kind of ServiceNow and the who's who and what's what in terms of technology, great Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 global companies. And one of the things that I saw was a challenge was there was a gap in terms of technology within my firm in order to keep everybody together and keep everybody's information, data, clients, employees, team members, consultants in one location. And so, in solving that, that's how we built Starting Point. And so, we launched Starting Point about a year ago, and it's a workplace productivity platform and customer operations tool for mid-market enterprise levels level companies.
0: All right, I'm gonna be one hundred percent honest with you. That was a mouthful, dude. It sounds super <laughs> impressive, but you got to tell me like I'm a five year old, right? That's how we got to sell our services. So let's break it down. I mean, Easy with technology enough. changing the way it is, right? I mean, there's so many aspects that we need to worry about. I know in the insurance business, we're, we're big on cybersecurity being protected. So I'm, I'm imagining when you're talking about companies using your services, I mean, they got to be as ignorant when they get started as I am, right? Like, I like they don't know what they don't know yet. So you got to come in and kind of show them what's up. Like, this is what you need to protect yourself. This is what you need to do. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, definitely.
3: So our tool itself, um, it helps companies do a couple of easy things. Helps you answer your customers, helps you share information with your customers, It helps you share information between your team easily. All it does in a simple fashion. And so that came from, gosh, years of working with complicated teams, complicated companies, complicated systems, and complicated technology, and people just weren't happy. And so we developed a tool that just helped you do a couple of core things. Answer your customers, communicate with your team, and see all of your information in one location.
0: That's crucial. Like today, there's so many different ways that we can contact the customer. They can send me a DM on Facebook. They can contact me on a, on a comment on a post. They can reach out and, uh, you know, pick up the phone, send me an email, send me a text. There's so many different ways that our customers are communicating with us. Um, it, when you're talking about easily accessing, or accessing your customer, you're talking about taking all these different platforms and putting them in one spot, essentially, so that we can easily go back and forth with the customer? Yeah, yeah that's essentially the principle which is you now have a centralized place
3: to where all of your engagements and interaction with your customers are in one location. Instead of having to bounce to this email, go to this spreadsheet, go to this software as a service tool, (SaaS) solution, to go to this storage drive, it's now all in one location.
0: That makes things so much smoother. I mean, think about in a sales process, in any sale, sales cycle, chances are you're talking to your client or your prospect a number of times before you actually make that sale, before you actually do the servicing. And then once you actually become, once they become a customer, there's a number of different conversations that any given department can have with that one customer. So things could get lost really quick and easy in communication right it's it's almost like that game you used to play when you were a kid right you line up all the kids in a row you whisper something in one kid's ear oh <laughs> right telephone. and by the time yeah telephone. <laughs> by the time it gets to the other side it's completely different well imagine that in a professional setting right your customer would be pissed if something like that were to happen because exactly. they said i want one thing done and they're getting a completely different result so you're it you're really fine fine
3: tuning that right It happens all the time. It happens every day in business. It happens every day because just like you said, the game telephone, next thing you know, I'm out of the office for a day or two. Somebody else has to help the customer. They've got a transcription of what went on that's from somebody who's heading out of the office for vacation. That's a problem. You know, and then if you're just trying to have that back and forth and that consistency with your customers, like you said, people are going to be pissed. People are going to have dissatisfied interactions with your company. How do you fix that? And that's what we were really trying to solve. You know, we had customers across the world. We have consultants across the world. We have team members across the world how do you maintain a high level of consistency and communication and engagement with your customers on a regular basis? And so starting point was that solution that we created to fix that problem.
0: Well, tell me about building your business. So so starting point is, is that solution to the problem. And, and like anybody else who creates a solution to a problem, uh, they, they solve a problem, but then the next step is, well, Other people who may or may not know they have this problem need to know about you and your business, right? So you you create a program that helps solve a a, that has a need in the marketplace. What was your strategy like to get that product out to the marketplace so people actually knew you existed?
3: Yeah, first things first, obviously joining um, great podcasts like Business Bros Podcast, I think this helps kind of get the word out of quite a bit. But for us, you know, we have three kind of well, four. Real areas of how we go to market with our product. When we've got a sales team and inside direct sales team that goes and approaches S&B, mid-marketing enterprise companies with our solution. We use digital marketing quite a bit. Digital marketing, SEO, SEM a lot, you know, in terms of revising that strategy, revising our methodology for being on the web and for people to find us via keywords. Then we use a lot of referral partners, too. So companies or consultants that are working with companies that have these challenges inside the business. You know, we want to put our solution in the hands of these consultants who can go in and solve problems for these larger customers. And then we've got integration partners, so partners who are who are utilizing our platform on the back end of theirs and then spreading the word to their customers. You know, we've seen success across all four for the most part of our go-to-market strategy. Um, you know, for us as an early stage company or early stage software company, we've seen the most return in terms of like digital marketing. You know, digital marketing has turned out to be a, a great tool. We can reach a lot of people in a short amount of time directly and we're hitting
0: their target demographic. Take me to school, hey, I A tan, a tan. A 10, an absolute 10. Take me to school a little bit. Uh, when when you, you've been, you've been doing this now eight, eight long years and you've heard the statistic. I mean, nine out of 10 businesses are going to fail within their first year. And after the next 10 years, nine out of 10 of those are going to be kaput. What's been some of the biggest hurdles that you've come across? Um, how have you overcome them? And and what makes you like that, that capable of reaching the eight year marker and, and more? Gosh, I'd
3: say you know when I started Red Beach Device, that was eight years ago. Um, I didn't I didn't know a lot about running my own firm. It, it was kind of the pool of you know the CEOs I knew that were asking me for help saying, hey Ray, can you come in and help our companies build grow, and scale? And I was like okay that's great. Well, I started my company with uh, two customers, two clients, two large clients, and so that was easy. However, when you run your own business. It's going to highlight the things you are not good at, and it's going to highlight them faster than it normally would in a world where you can go out and and hire other people, or there's other departments, you have infinite budget to go solve these problems. Really, when you first start your company, you need to really be self-aware and find out what you're good at and what you're not good at, and then you have to figure out, okay, what can I teach myself, or how can I improve my skills to go out and improve my business. For me, um, you know, I started the business, I was great, I'm an operator by nature. So able to run a business, able to operate, able to execute. However, one of the things I did have to learn how to do was sell efficiently. I had to learn how to build scope of works. I had to learn how to really drive home value propositions. I had to really sit down and say, how do I really do well at building relationships to close deals? that was a big gap for me but there were people that I knew within my network who I could listen, learn and, and kind of copy from and then there were a lot of just online seminars and trainings from sales leaders who have done a lot of great things and then there's books of course and books can always help you kind of move forward i think books have if you books have the answer to almost everything that's out there and so all you have to do is kind of want to invest that time and research. that. And so for me, it was really, hey, I could operate and execute, but I really needed to round out my skill set around sales, around marketing, around finance, around um, kind of simple things like web development for professional services firms. But then if I didn't have the skill set to solve those problems, hey, go find somebody who's competent, who's better than you who knows it better than you, and can help you move things forward. And once you realize that, it makes building businesses a lot easier. So as we've gone through Red Beach Advisors, you know, we've gone eight years. It's been fantastic. Now we've got starting point, which is a SaaS solution that's out there. But building Red Beach Advisors helped us alleviate all of those challenges in building starting Point. You know, we were able to take the lessons I learned over the past eight years and immediately attribute that to our startup.
0: I hope you guys, because, uh, like, I'm locked uh, so Hopefully you can hear me.
2: We got you choppy again. Oh, we're choppy dude.
0: Again.
2: boy, oh, boy. can't understand a word he's saying we're gonna wait for him to get back uh and in the meantime i mean so uh so run me through that again you were you built this business out of building a sustainable business That, that that's where that's where we were just at and uh what is the biggest lesson that you learned what's the biggest takeaway from uh the two businesses these two great businesses that you've built already?
3: The biggest takeaway is being self-aware. Ooh, that's I a good one. The biggest, the biggest thing is to be self-aware. So know what you're good at and know what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a Love lot of that. people who, there's a lot of in entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, they start businesses and you think you know everything. But like I said, you know, once you start a business, it is extremely, extremely, extremely hard. So yeah. you being hard, it's going to expose all the areas that you're not good at. And then owners of businesses or startup founders, they have an opportunity to say, I'm not good at this. Let me try to fix this. Or they say, it's not important. I don't need to worry about that. And then it, it's something that's going to pop up again. And I've seen founders or business owners and entrepreneurs Do both tactics, which is they'll say, oh, it's not important that I don't know that. I already know all the things that I need to know. Or I'm great at that when you're really not great at it. So self-awareness is like ultimately very, very key to knowing if you can execute and build a sustainable business, company, firm, anything, you know, like you have to know what you're good at and know what you're not good at. So that for the things you're not good at, you hire people around mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. who are competent and who are really good at what you're not good at, and that's how companies grow.
2: I 100% agree with you, and and you're absolutely right. When when we are building businesses, it does bring out those weaknesses. And you mentioned that your weakness that you found was uh, not being able to sell, right? Yeah, not, not being you know, great it was at a selling. Challenge.
3: My career my career, and the things I did in my career were not focused on having to go out and sell. I was more an operator. I was an executor. So mm-hmm. I supported mm-hmm. the people who did sell.
2: I feel that. I feel that so very in,
3: well. So in supporting the people that sell, you're more of an operator. You know, other people are tasked with bringing in the business and being the rainmaker and, and challenges of that nature. And so when, you, when you're when you a business owner and you start a business, you have to know how to do both. And if you don't know how, you have to know how to do both. I mean, people will say, Operate I'll go out hands-on. and hire somebody. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go out and hire somebody who can go out and be a better salesperson than me. But at the end of the day, you have to sell yourself as well. Because everybody you talk to is going to say, hey, what have you built? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Or what are you working on? And so at the same time, every conversation is a sell. And so he, he, while you can go out and try to hire a rock star chief revenue officer or SVP of sales or you know director of sales, they can kill it and crush it. At the end of the day, as the owner of your business, you still need to be able to sell. That's why a lot of the more successful CEOs of companies are still salesmen at the end of the day. Mm, Absolutely. Uh,
2: I remember reading uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad way back in the day, and even Robert Kiyosaki way back then was saying, look, if you can't sell, you're not going to have a successful business. He always says, "Uh, I'm not the best writing author. I'm a best selling author author. So how did you improve your skills in selling?
3: Gosh, it it was a combination of a few different things. I think there's books. Books are one. You know, there's a couple of books you learn. I've read. Um, One is Getting to Yes. The other is Never Split the Difference. Um, Those are books that kind of helped me take a look at my sales strategy, how I was doing it, how to negotiate, how to build those communication skills and build those pathways to close deals. Um, Another way was really paying attention to other great sales leaders. And I think nowadays, YouTube is a fantastic way. You know, Mm -hmm. YouTube, you can learn a lot on YouTube through a lot of different videos. And there's salespeople who are demonstrating the sales, demonstrating the sales approach, figuring out what methodology works for you and what you're comfortable with. Another way is you can obviously buy sales coaching. Um, I Mm -hmm. didn't really buy coaching, um, but I had a lot of conversations with sales leaders. Nice. And just talk to them and ask them questions. And then the other last aspect is trial and error, which is, hey, (laughs) take a look. Hey, (laughs) open up the phone book if you have to. Go on LinkedIn and go look for companies that are based in an area you're not selling in mm-hmm. and pick up the phone and find out what works. Just f- pull out 50 phone numbers or 50 email it. addresses and just get on it and see what reaction you get. You know, in the tech world, we have things that are called A and B testing. Mm-hmm. You know, and with A, I'm testing one message over here, I'm testing another message at the same time, and we're going to see which one produces the better results. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, sometimes you just have to do trial and error, what works. And then you, over time you develop thick skin, you know, which is, hey, I'm going to hear a thousand no's to get to that one yes.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, you're going to hear uh, a thousand no's. You're going to develop that thick skin and you're going to take those lessons that you learn every time you try and make errors. You're going to just do it over and over and over again. Uh, I want to hear about a time, something that you learned from uh, those books that you mentioned. You mentioned Never Split the Difference and Getting to Yes. So tell me about when you read those books and how you used the skills that you learned in either one of those books or both of those books in your next sales call?
3: You know, I think, uh, you know, for me, I read Getting I read getting to Yes, and I kind of focused on a lot of negotiation and opening the doors for conversations. You know, like how do you start to break down those barriers between conversations with people? And really, I'll, I'll say this. I read the book. The next thing I did was I wrote a sales script. The next thing I did was I I revised that sales script. The next thing I did was I practiced that sales script on people I knew or business owners that I knew to get feedback from. Once I felt comfortable with sales script, then I started actually calling people in areas I wasn't really selling in, Mm -hmm. but just to get their reaction and then started to develop those relationships with people. And then those relationships led to opening doors for the conversation about whatever I was selling, whether it be consulting services or whether it be software or whatnot. And in doing so, that helped me kind of understand, okay, is this something you need? Is this something you don't need? So, you know, the goal is to get to yes at the end of the day. Right. Like, how do I how do I get to that? Let me eliminate a lot of the no's early on. Let me not string them along. Let me just get straight to it so I can get from one to 50 as soon as possible and figure out how many of these 50 people actually want to have conversations with And then with Never Split the Difference, for me, I was able to, that book helped me understand that you don't, you need to develop good value propositions and you need to go for you, your your price can be, you know, you know, negotiation is a big thing. You're going with um, items you can price higher, you can price it lower, but don't leave money out on the table and understand who you're calling, their demographics, their background, their budget, how bad they need it, what value proposition is out there, and really go out there and close the deal.
0: Sounds like a lot of practice, too. I mean, I, I get to miss most of this episode, which rarely happens, but it, it happens. That's why we got the other business, bro. Uh, mm-hmm. Ray, those books, I mean, I, I caught the last one on on split, uh, Never Split Difference, and then you were talking about relationships. Um, one of the cool things that we've done on the show is we were able to meet people like yourself on, on a daily basis to kind of get to know – Just more, more and more people, more and more potential prospects, more and more potential relationships, more and more potential referral bases. And you've been, you've been. uh, When I caught at the end of that, you were talking about how you were able to build those relationships. How has how have those flourished? How have those become uh, not just customers but friends and 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 close colleagues and and referral sources?
3: You know what's interesting is, um, and I've got a couple of stories around this, but. the, you know, my career twenty years ago, um, when I first got into Silicon Valley, I have a lot of those same relationships today. And I think one of the most important things, especially for your younger listeners or early entrepreneurs or early startup founders, is that the relationships you build in your twenties can also be very strong relationships in your forties and on up. And why that's important is because. When I was starting my career as kind of just your regular systems administrator inside of businesses, I was moving and shaking in the business. So I was at everybody's desk. I was providing support. I was filling requests. I was being able to talk to people and really get to know them. Well, when we were all younger, fast forward 20, 20 years those individuals are the ones who are the directors, the VPs, the SVPs, the CEOs of companies. And so as I built those relationships when I was much younger, now 20 years down the line, I can still pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, how are things going? How can I work with you? How can I help you? Or how can my software help your business? And so building those relationships over time and building that rapport is important. And then another thing, so yesterday I was on a call, and this is an example. Um, about nine years ago, a company attempted to hire me, and I built it. I hit it off directly with the person who was going to make the hiring decision. He was an SVP of a company at the time, and we hit it off, and we had a great relationship. Well, we routinely talk, you know, or every two or three years or so, just kind of chime in and keep that relationship going. And then yesterday, we, fi- we talked on the phone for the first time, and probably about seven years, you know, and it was like, we never skipped a beat. And, Hmm. you know, I remember key aspects of things that that person liked, not about career, not about, you know, things like that. But when I mentioned the Chicago bears, his eyes lit up and we talked about Chicago bears for the next five, six minutes. And we talked about football. So building relationships is not so much talking about work, work, work it's talking about under and understanding the development of a relationship with that person and what's important to them
0: what about the flip side of that right like you know it, it's one thing to always talk about the the ups and the glamours and the relationships that bo- that that bore fruit right what about the 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 other side of that? Do you have any you know stories where man, I, I probably shouldn't have burnt that bridge. Like it kind of comes back to bite you. Maybe it's a sale that didn't happen. Maybe it's uh, a relationship that didn't work out. Because I, I believe that, that there are people who come into our lives who shape us, influence us in certain ways, but they're not mm-hmm. always meant to be there for the entire length of your life. You talked about, a, you know, the friend that you, you hadn't talked to in seven years and they come back and, and it's all good. But there are people who came in, maybe had some influence. Maybe it was a, a not a, not a, a good influence and you had to cut them out or you had to, had to walk away from those types of people to keep focused on where you wanted to go.
3: Yeah. I think um, I, I, and personally in my professional career, I've experienced that a couple of times, you know, but I think in like, you know, I've worked with people in companies who, for lack of a better word, were jerks, you know, and in every circumstance, (laughs) (laughs) these guys were (laughs) assholes, right?
0: That's exactly what we're
3: thinking. They were assholes. They were assholes and it didn't work out well. It was just a thing to where you learn how to deal with difficult people. And then in learning how to deal with difficult people, you have to internalize that, too, and then say, how can I not be like that person? Or how can I not take this interaction that I had and make it something that I do on a commonplace basis? You know, so... I, when I do have those interactions, because those interactions are going to happen, you're not going to get along with everybody. That's not something that's going to happen. Everybody's not going to like you and you're not going to get along with everybody. And so, but at the same time, while we don't have to get along, while we don't have to like each other, we still can't execute and we still can get the job done to the best of our abilities. But we don't have to go We don't have to go meet for coffee. We don't have to go to lunch. We don't have to go to dinner. We don't have to go to happy hour. You know, we're here to do a job and get the job done. Now, at the end of the day, you know, you have to understand people's emotions and some people operate on an emotional basis and some people are are really in control of their emotions. And I've been on calls where people have blown up. I've been on calls where people have cussed other people out. I've been on calls where people have been on calls and gotten fired at the end of the call. Um, I've been at those situations. And so it's it's one of those things to where you really just have to really listen, observe, internalize, and then take it back in yourself and say, this is the person I want to be, and not let those people deter how you handle relationships or how you handle communication and how you build that going forward. And so you can always call back and say, hey, you know, we did a good job. At the end of the day, you want to sit down with people and say, I enjoyed, we got a good, we did a good job. We got a good thing done.
0: See, I, I love how you said that because I think in every situation, whether it's somebody that you ultimately really get along with and you guys are going to be best friends for life, or whatever, or or the people that, like you said, anytime I see them, run. That's it, right? Like you just want to <laughs> get the hell out of there. So, but but in each of those situations is a lesson, right? Because it, I'm I'm huge on personal accountability. Like when when I encounter those types of people, my my immediate reaction is. How can I get this person to still accomplish what I need them to accomplish, to work towards that goal that I need them to work towards? And oftentimes it's it's not by changing them. It's by changing myself. Like I only have really control yeah. over myself and 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 you can alleviate a lot of these situations. You can smooth over a lot of situations, at least to the point where you get the job done. And then, like you said, at the end of the day, we ain't got to go to happy hour. We're, we're done when we're done, but we still get the job done. Have you learned anything about yourself when dealing with those kind of people?
3: I'd say the one thing. So the largest organization that I ran and led across the world was about 500 people full time. Okay, And in doing so, the one thing I learned was that I want to find out one thing that re- that person relates to me with. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't need to know five. I only need to know one. So like early in my well, early in my management career, I had a guy on my team, and while he executed great, he couldn't get along with anybody. So he was that person who you put in the sandbox, and everybody gets out of the sandbox. But the one thing I knew was he liked to go to the movies. He enjoyed going to the movies. And so he really loved going to when I say love going to the movies, he'd go to the movies on Sunday and see like three movies in a row. And so <laughs> and so from there, hey now, whenever things were difficult, or he'd come into the office and I'd see him. We talk about movies that we saw. Mm. And that broke down the barriers of communication. Yeah. You know, it, it could be it, it could be sports, it could be movies, it could be family, it could be travel, it could be food, it can be anything that could break get... down the barriers of communication. It could be that as well. It could be all types of things. But if you find that one thing that connects you to someone. You
0: can always lean on that and build a relationship based upon that. And that, that develops you as a salesperson, right? As, as a person who's connecting with people, because really, ultimately, at the end of the day, sales has to do with, number one, building that relationship. And number two, offering a product or service that that they value, right? Persuading the person that this is something that is to their benefit. Uh, And you do that by connecting with them, you know, and whether you agree, disagree, you know, black, white, Democrat, Republican, whatever, doesn't matter. At the the end of the day, you have to connect with people on a level that you connect with them as a human being. Right. We like movies. Cool. We like the same music. Cool. And now you have something that you can unite behind. And now move forward into whatever it is that you need to do, right? Whether it's complete a task, whether it's manage a, an office or, you know, make a sale, whatever it is, once you, once you make that little bit of connection, hey, we like the same kind of dog. Cool. Sweet. Like all of a sudden, like that's mm-hmm. the beginning. That's the starting point. You're putting yourself in a position where every time you're with that person, you're not hanging out with them. You're not going to the movies with them. You're not eating dinner with them. But every time you meet that person, it starts off on the positive and then you can go yep. from there. Remember, people buy things from people they like.
3: People don't buy things from people who are jerks that they don't (laughs) like. We can always find somebody else to sell us something. But if somebody likes you, they're more than likely going to buy from you over the person they don't like. And if you can break down that wall, that's what you want to do. I think you can go to almost any car dealership that's out there. The car dealership, the salesperson is there to build a relationship with you to get them to like you, get you to like them. Because they no, know if you try. like them, if they if, you, if they know you like them, or you can share some sort of rapport or some laughs or some jokes, selling you this car you don't need is going to be that much easier. <laughs> I love that. Or the car
0: you need, either way, right? <laughs> you're, you're there for a reason, right? Maybe you don't need the rims and the leather interior, right? And the display and the Bose sound system, right? Maybe not exactly. (laughs) <laughs> you'll feel better getting it from a guy you like, right? That's what, that's what we're saying. Exactly. That's exactly all right, right, Ray. Before we head out, you know, I mean, I, I didn't get to hear the, the beginning part of the show, but you shared a lot of good information. You shared a lot of stuff that you're helping businesses get over that hump. Get that communication squared away. helping them line up, whether it's talking to the customer, talking to your team, and just all in one. If people want to get to know and work with you, how can they get hold of you?
3: Gosh, the easiest way is probably LinkedIn. Following us on LinkedIn uh, or contacting me on LinkedIn, Raymond McKenzie. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, um, Starting Point AI or Red Beach Advisors, or you can find us at Starting the website or RedBeachAdvisors.com. Um, LinkedIn is the easiest way. I'm always willing and looking to meet new people. Um, I take de- time out of my week and my calendar to have conversations with people, so feel free to reach out
0: and uh, I'll look for the communication. Let's hop on a call. Perfect. All right, ladies and gents, you heard it. I didn't get to hear the whole thing, but you heard the whole thing. So hit a parade. Find out what you need. If your business is in a position where you're starting to have problems communicating, trust me, there's only 24 hours in a day. And if you're spending so much time dropping from this plan, this app to this spreadsheet to this doc talking to this person and this email, you're messing up. You're wasting all that valuable time. One of, the, uh, one of the, the biographies that I was reading was with Henry Ford, and he talked about the efficiency, right? We all know that he set up that whole assembly line so that we can get a car in and out of production as quick as possible. The efficiency is where the money's at in your business. So if you need to talk to somebody about getting those efficiencies squared away, go check out Ray. Check out his stuff, startingpoint.ai and redbeachadvisors.com. Ray, thanks again, man, for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time.
3: No, thank you guys for having me. It was a fun time, good conversation, and uh, looking forward to joining the podcast maybe in the next couple of months or so. It again. Yeah, we
0: got to do a round two, man. A round two where I don't have internet issues. How about that?
3: <laughs> maybe we'll do it in person now that COVID is over, too. There we we'll go. There we go. go. You
0: you're in San Diego?
3: Uh Redondo Beach.
0: Oh, you're in Redondo Beach, right? Because I heard you say you went to San
3: Diego State, so you're an Aztec. I, I did. I'm an Aztec. So I'm I'm always willing to come down and uh we can maybe we can do the show live from the gas lamp or something like that. Boom,
0: live from Land. Bars are open and everything. We'll even go to happy hour. That'll, 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 that I'll know for sure then. Like if we hang out and we do a live podcast and then you want to hang out, then I know, okay, he likes me. He's not, he's, not, he's not pushing me away. <laughs> all right, ladies and gents. That's all we got for you guys today. My favorite day of the week, SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Peace. And we're out.
1: Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income?